Rasta Jeff, you bad motherfucker. Oh shit, Rasta Jeff in the house. Greetings from Podcastville. This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by my friends at SeedsHereNow.com. SeedsHereNow.com offers seeds from all of the industry's leading breeders, including TH Seeds, Swamp Boys Genetics, and of course, Irie Genetics. Everything at SeedsHereNow.com is backed by an award-winning satisfaction guarantee, and for my friends on a tight budget, SeedsHereNow.com offers several packs for under $30, as well as amazing monthly sales. Make sure to use coupon code GFYH10 while checking out to save a few bucks. Once again, that is coupon code GFYH10 while checking out at SeedsHereNow.com. Yeah, welcome to the show, Podcast World. I'm your host, my friends call me Rasta Jeff, and this is episode 682 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, we're going to focus on saving you a few dollars in your grow room. Before we get to that part of the show, let's do a few shout outs to a few of the great folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with the Grow From Your Heart podcast. Thank you. Shout out to my friend, Magic Mike. Let's send a big thank you. Shout out to Verbal Medicine. Let's send a big thank you shout out and a fist bump to a longtime supporter, my buddy, The Canocrat. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Nick P. I want to send a special thank you shout out to Brohan78. Let's send a big fist bump and a thank you shout out to Blackhawks Fan. I want to send a thank you shout out to my buddy, Mr. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Groove2112. Let's send a thank you shout out to Ivan M. I want to send a big thank you shout out to my buddy, Lefty. Let's send a thank you shout out to Levity Love Day. I want to send a thank you shout out to Single T. Then let's wrap it all up with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to my friend Pack Northwest Dan. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need is right there on the screen and you know I do include a link in the show notes to make everything super easy for all of my friends. This, of course, is the part of the podcast where I do invite you to join us on the Discord server. That's right, I say it on almost every episode. There is an Irie Genetics Grow From Your Heart podcast Discord server. We've got about 1,600 members. People are hanging out right now. They're smoking. They're having a conversation. They're posting pictures of ganja plants. They're doing all the things you want to be doing on Discord. I invite you to join us. There is a link in the show notes and in the video description. Once again, join us on the Discord server. All right, I do have a couple of fun things to ramble about before we get to the main topic of this podcast. I try not to brag about all the amazing shit that I get to do, but since the world has opened up and we're having fun again, I want to share an experience that I had a few nights ago. On Sunday, Doug Benson headlined Comedy Works in Denver, Colorado. Of course, you know that Comedy Works is my favorite comedy club on the planet. I think that is the best club on the planet, the downtown club in Denver. Uh, They've got a great staff. They've got an amazing owner. uh, They've got an amazing stage, a great club, and the acts that they bring are always top-notch. Of course, if you've been listening for a while, you know that Doug Benson is my homie. That should be a bumper sticker. Doug Benson is my homie. Somebody make it happen. But Doug Benson is my friend. We've been hanging out for quite a while. I've seen a lot of Doug Benson shows. Uh, The majority, I think uh, almost all of them, were at the Comedy Works downtown. 
Uh, but Doug Benson came to Denver and he did a show at Comedy Works and he did a great show. Uh, big shout out to my buddy Baker. Uh, I have a friend, my buddy Clint usually goes to comedy shows with me. He's my comedy buddy. We're both comedy nerds. Clint was busy that day, so I invited my buddy Baker, who lives in Denver. Denver is a uh, Baker is a former employee of the Comedy Works, so everybody there knows Baker. Uh, everybody there knows me because I'm a regular. I'm there every week. It was a really good time walking in with Baker. Uh, my buddy Doug Benson came out on stage. I did chat with Doug a little bit before the show. We did some tweeting. We did some talking. He chose not to smoke with people this time. If you know Doug, you know he is a big smoker. He usually hangs out with the crowd. Uh, because of the quarantine conditions, because of COVID, he's chosen to protect himself. He wasn't smoking with anybody. I chose to respect that. Uh, so we didn't hang out before the show like normal. But when he walked on stage, he made sure to wave to me. Uh, he made me stand up and show the crowd my dreadlocks. That was a little bit interesting. Uh, he realized my buddy Baker was the guy sitting next to me eventually. And he's like, oh, hey, dude, didn't realize that was you. And that was kind of funny. But uh, at the end of the show, uh, I tried not to impose uh, on Doug Benson. I knew he wanted some privacy, but I was invited to go say hello after I popped into the green room, said hello. Then I quickly excused myself. I knew Doug was trying to protect himself and not try to get sick and not be around a lot of people. So I threw a fist bump. I threw some high fives and I said, hey, it's crowded in the green room. I'm out of here. There was a young man in that green room who, um, we're not going to get too political, but he's not into the mask thing. He finds it silly. That's not what he's doing. So when I uh, politely excused myself from the green room, shortly after that, he came out to smoke with me since everybody smoking in the green room was kind of a mask person. So the guy that followed me outside and ended up smoking a big 14 gram joint of the cream with me was this comedian you might have seen on TV. His name was Josh Blue. Uh, that was a really good experience. Because I excused myself from that green room and tried not to impose and mix myself up into that crowd, I ended up smoking a big fat joint with Josh Blue. Sometimes life just works itself out for you. That was a blessing. Josh Blue, of course, was just on America's Got Talent. He is the uh, the comedian with cerebral palsy. I'm not trying to be rude, but uh, if you ever pass a joint to a guy with cerebral palsy, be fucking patient trying to get that thing back. I had to chase it down. That's just a joke. I'd say it in front of him. He makes fun of his palsy arm. It's fucking hilarious. But really, you had to chase it down. His palsy arm just went out of control, and he had the joint in the palsy arm. I'm like, well, no, I'm never getting the fucking joint back. Had to chase it. That was a funny joke. I looked him right in the eye and shook my head like, you motherfucker, you put it in that hand? Because he knew better. He was. I, I'm not sure if he was fucking with me or if his palsy arm was out of control and that joint was just going everywhere. Anyway, big up to Josh Blue. That was a great experience. Something I want to mention, a long time ago, I did a podcast talking about seeing Doug Benson. I said that Doug Benson pulled out a bunch of papers called, and I called it, a handful of grandpa. If you see Doug Benson again, you're going to laugh at the handful of grandpa if he's still doing one of the bits that I saw him do. I'm not going to blow his act at all, but handful of grandpa, just go see Doug Benson and laugh when that happens. All right, that's enough bragging about comedy. I just wanted to share with you guys what I do. Sometimes it's fun to bring you into my world. Some people are going to say I'm bragging. Some people are going to say thanks for hanging out. Big up to both of you. Thank you both for watching. All right, now let's focus more on cannabis growing, ganja production, a uh, cannabis consumption podcast. I'm scrolling through my notes trying to get myself on track here. Big shout out to Doug Benson. Big shout out to Comedy Works. Big shout out to Baker. Big shout out to Josh Blue. Big shout out to the opening acts. Big shout out to everybody who made Sunday an amazing day. Let's keep moving. I do have a big topic here. Let's talk about cannabis growing. Let's talk about a few ways to save you money in your grow space. I do offer professional commercial cultivation consulting services. One of the things that I talk about when I go to a commercial cultivation to do a consultation, those are a lot of words together, but when I go to do that, 
One of the things I focus on is increasing productivity or reducing costs by about 30%. I know I can save some money. I know I can increase costs. Can I do both enough to increase productivity and reduce costs by 30%? That is a huge goal in a commercial facility. If you can increase productivity by 30%, that's 30% more money you're going to make, which will really help out. Right now, a lot of commercial facilities in Colorado are barely scraping even, so we've got to make every dollar count. This also counts when you're working in your own home grow. If you've got one light, if you've got four lights, if you've got a 12 lighter in your garage, however you're doing it, every dollar counts, especially in the situation we are in. I don't know how the pandemic treated you. Maybe you made some money. Maybe you went broke. Maybe you're scraping by. It doesn't matter. Everybody can save a few bucks. If you have money and you save a few bucks, you have more money. If you barely have any money and you save a few bucks, maybe you can use those dollars to improve on something in your life or in your garden. So let me get my high ass on track and let's talk about some ways to save money in your grow space. First of all, in a commercial environment, one of the things I focus on is, is your building the appropriate size? Did you buy a big ass warehouse thinking you were going to load it up with lights and plants and then you're only using a small portion of that? Real estate is expensive. Space is expensive. Every square foot of your cultivation space costs you money use it. If you're not using it, you are wasting space. That is a big void. Do you want to, if I gave you a cooler and I said, put weed in the cooler, are you going to put weed in some of the space in that cooler? Are you going to fill the whole cooler with weed? Do that with your grow environment, fill that bitch up, or you are wasting space, maximize your output. Of course you do need processing area, trimming area, working area, but you get the point. If you've got some dark area, a room that's not even being used, if you're storing shit in there just because it's empty, utilize that room, do something with it, make it pay for itself. Real estate square footage is expensive and that matters in any grow. If you're running a commercial grow, a five by five tent, a three by three tent, be economical, be cost effective with your space. Use every square foot of space that you've got. You paid for it. Even if it's a tent, you bought a five by five tent, use the five by five. I see people setting up a trellis in a five by five and they're allowed to grow three plants or four plants in their legal location. So they'll put four plants in there, but they don't veg it out to fill that tent. So even if you're running a three by three, fill it up. If you're running a five by five, fill it up, veg long enough to utilize that space. I see a lot of wasted space in a lot of grow tents. And think of it this way. Sometimes it's illegal where people are growing. Are you going to grow just enough to get by or are you going to grow enough to fucking make it worth it? Because if you get in trouble, you're getting in trouble either way. If you got a plant and it's kind of this big, or if you got a plant, it's this fucking big and it's in your house, it's going to be the same charge. Go big or go the fuck home and make it worth it. Fill your space. So real estate is one of the number one things that I see people wasting in any grow. Fill your tent, fill your commercial grow. Then Another thing that I see when those rooms are filled, they're only filled with lights. They're not filled with plants and the lights are running. Just like your mama says, just like your dad says, if that light isn't on for a reason, turn it the fuck off. If you're not in that room, turn the light off. If there are not plants underneath that light, turn the light off. Why is that light running for no plants? It looks cool. Yeah, you got the whole room lit up. All the workspace is bright. It looks like a big productivity area but you're just burning lumens, wasting your bulb, running electricity. The kilowatts are just spinning on the meter outside. You're not getting anything from it except a little bit more heat. You're running lights that are unnecessary. You're creating more heat, which means you need to run more fans, which will also mean you probably need more air conditioning, which are all sucking more kilowatts that you don't need. So think about the equipment you do not need that's running right now and turn it off. 
Maybe you've got plants too far apart. I like to plant. I like the plants to have some space. They need some breathing room. They don't need to be crowded. But do you have plants too far spread apart unnecessarily to where you've got extra lights on? Can you possibly turn off that row of lights, move all those plants over, and wait for them to grow a little bit? And then when they're bigger, then we'll use more light. That may be something that you're uh, not thinking about. Something else to think about, move the plants closer together. That's easier to do if you are using smaller pots or you're using the right size pot. I like to use graduated pot sizes, which means I start off in a, so you go from a cloner, right? You got your clone domes or your clone, however many of those fucking cram those under a light. As soon as they go into the small pots, you can get them pretty close together. Your plants are only three inches tall, three inches wide. Why do they need a lot of space? Cram a lot of those together, put them under the light. Then as soon as they start growing, spread them out, make them comfortable, but don't give them two or three lights until you need to run two or three lights. Uh, this isn't as big of a deal in a small grow, but once you get into a commercial environment, when I'm saying one or three lights, that means 10, 15, 20 lights. That adds up quite quickly. So do you have unnecessary lighting that is running? Are your plants in small enough pots where you can push them together and save some space until it is time to add the, the bigger pots and the extra lighting? Now, something that will save you some more money if you're running smaller pots is you obviously don't need as much soil or cocoa as soon. You're going to need it later, but you don't need it now. You can save some money now. Uh, money comes and goes. It, you may not have all the money right now. You may have it later to buy more soil for bigger pots. So you can use smaller pots for now until you get that next paycheck. Maybe do whatever you need to do to make the next few bucks. Then you put them in bigger pots. Then you have to spread them apart further, put them under more light, but then you need to water them more. So if you put them in a smaller pot, they don't need as much water. They don't need as much nutrients. Also, that takes less time. And we're going to talk about that here toward the end of the show. So one quick thing you can think about is pot size. Am I using too big of a pot too early? Can I keep these plants in smaller pots, keep them closer together and keep less light on? And that may save you some money. That could save you a lot of money, just the water, the nutrients, the time, the light, then that equals more air conditioning and fans that you can turn off. That is one quick thing that can save you a few bucks. Consolidate the plants under less lights. No matter what kind of lights you're running, they do cost money. Even if they are high efficient LED lights, they are costing you money. They're generating heat. They're making more equipment run. And the bigger pots, if you're using bigger pots unnecessarily, it takes more water, takes more nutrients, takes more pH up or pH down, takes you longer to mix, takes you longer to water. The water costs money. It all adds up if you really pay attention and think about it. Now let's talk about some of your ancillary gear. How are your dehumidifier and humidifiers running? Are they on too frequently? Are they on often enough? Are they on unnecessarily? Sometimes I recommend putting them on to battle each other. Uh, in a dry and cure environment, I will set them both at 55 and just let them fight so that it stays at 55 all day in that room. But that is in a commercial environment where it is critical that we keep those conditions. Do you have gear running unnecessarily? Do you, can you turn some of it off now that we've turned off some of the lights? Will that help you out? Have you cleaned the filters in those devices? Because when those filters get dirty, they are not as efficient. That is also true with your air conditioner. Have you cleaned your air conditioning filters? If they're dirty, they're sucking up some of your efficiency. You're not getting as much airflow. The motors are running. They're struggling. You're wasting money. You're not getting the air and the cooling that you think you're getting, but you are putting out the electricity and the stress on your gear, which is costing you money. So now that we're talking about air conditioning, let's talk about ducting. Are you running ducting? Do you have vented lights? Do you have a carbon filter that's blowing air out? Do you have some sort of air coming in? Ducting. Every time you put a bend in your ducting, it becomes less efficient. 
Every time you put a curve, a kink, a bend, or a twist in that ducting, you are slowing down the amount of air and the speed of the air, the volume of air which can move through that duct. You are lessening the efficiency, efficacy, efficiency of the fan, the blower that you're using to blow that air through that ducting. So if you straighten it out a little bit, you could probably use, uh, save a few kilowatts, use a little less bucks, use a little less power to move more air. Of course, I understand ducts need to be bent. That's why we get the flexi duct. Shit does happen, but maybe unnecessary curves and shit, maybe unnecessary duct length can be minimized. Uh, one thing you do have to keep in mind though, is if you're using the lights with the ducted hoods, you do need to kind of keep the light from coming in if you've got sunshine or another light or something. So you may need those bends, I understand, but try to minimize and mitigate those excessive bends. If you are using the lights that have the glass between, so there's a bulb and glass and your canopy, that way the heat doesn't get down into your grow. You duck that heat out, clean that glass. That glass being dirty will suck up your lumens. If the light can't get through, it's not getting to your plants. You are wasting money. You're paying for it. The lights are burning. The lights are hot and you're just cock blocking it with your pesticide that got sprayed up on that glass there, not even making it to your plants. Something else we can think about when it comes to ducting that I almost overlooked is where are you running your ducting? Are you wasting that heat? If you're running that hot air right outside of the house and it's the winter, maybe consider dumping that heat into the office, into a bedroom, somewhere that you want to heat up anyway. Maybe then you can turn off the heater and the rest of the house. You can just dump your grow room heat right into your bedroom and then you don't even have to run the heater. That will save you a few bucks. Use the heat that's already being created. Sometimes I will dump the heat from my bedroom into my flower space when the lights go off uh, because in the winter, the flower room will get colder, but the bedroom stays on. So we just run the heat from there into the flower space. It keeps the flower space nice and warm. So think about where you're running your heat. Are you wasting it? Are you pulling cold air from somewhere and not sending it somewhere that it needs to be? Really think about where you're moving your air. You're moving temperature air, move it to where you want it. Maybe you can use it, recycle that air, warm up a room, cool down a room. I don't know your environment, your situation, but there are a lot of options that will come up where you can utilize the air, the heat, the cool that comes from the grow space. Now let's segue back into talking about space. Are you wasting space with unnecessary plants? Fortunately and unfortunately, I am limited by the state of Colorado of how many plants I could have. That kind of helps me out because I could have hoarder tendencies if I were unlimited on plants. I would have a lot of mother plants. Being a breeder, uh, somebody who likes to create new genetics and have a large library of genetics to create and also a large library to smoke from, I would have a lot of plants if I weren't limited. So it's kind of a good thing that the state does limit me. Every plant in my garden has a purpose. I've got mother plants, I've got father plants, and then of course I've got my plants that are in bloom that are seeded and I've got my father plant in there dumping the pollen. So I've got very select plants that all have a purpose. Do you have plants that you're not exactly sure your plan, their goal, why are they sticking around? I kind of just like that one because that strain is cool. Is that strain worth the shit? Does it produce? Is it a quality strain? Are you just keeping that plant around for nostalgia because of the name, because of a cool story? It's got to meet goals. It's got to meet a criteria. It's got to meet a quota. Does it give you enough product when you grow it? Does it take too long to flower? Is it super potent? Does it taste right? If you're a commercial grower, does it sell? Because if you're putting all of this money into the grow, it's got to come back, right? So does it sell? When it sells, does it get you top dollar or do your clientele pass on it? 
If they pass on it, why are you growing that shit? Grow more of the Lemon Jeffrey because the people are going to buy that. Grow the machine. Grow the Saka Souffle. That's what they're going to buy. If they're not buying it, switch it up. So every plant in your grow space should have a solid purpose and a strategy and a schedule. Not just uh, it should not just be a potent plant that pays the bills, but it should also have a schedule. It got cut this day. It goes into veg this day. It goes into flower this day. I plan to cut it down this day, and then I intend to have it dried, cured, and sold or smoked or processed or whatever by this time frame. Have a schedule for every single plant in the grow, or that plant is kind of wasting space and messing up your schedule and messing up your income and your cost effectiveness. Now, since we're talking about individual plants in the grow, I did mention mother plants. Are mother plants necessary for your style of grow? Think about this. A mother plant is kept to preserve the genetics so that when I want, uh, let's just pick a plant. When I want golden goat, I can go to, my, go to my golden goat plant, pull off six clones. Now I've got six clones of golden goat whenever I want them. And that mommy plant is always chilling there. She grows every six or eight months or so. I got to cut her down, take one of those best clones and remom that clone and make a new one because the plant just gets old and big and spindly and out of control. Just try to give it a fresh cut, start over. But for the most part, that golden goat mommy is there as a bank, as preservation. What is stopping me from just using that golden goat veg plant and right before I put it into flower, take a few clones and use those clones as my next veg run, move that plant right into the flower space. If you are not a breeder, if you are not completely dependent on keeping those strains around, that is a very viable option that will free up numbers for you. So you could just take a plant that is your Lemon Jeffrey plant, take six clones of it, put the big plant into the flower room, and you got six clones growing up for your next run. They're already right there. Maybe wait until your clones root before you put that plant into flower so you have some security. But it is not completely necessary to keep a mother plant around if you are skilled at taking clones if you understand how to keep veg plants healthy and happy, and if you can get the clones to root in a timely manner before you put the other plant into flower. So keeping clones is not always necessary, and that could save you a lot of space. I don't recommend that for a commercial environment because you may need a lot of clones. Uh, you need some dedicated plants to give you cuts from, but in a home grow space, that would save you a lot of plants. Now let's get back to talking about mom plants a little bit. Why do you have so many mom plants? Do you need them? Or why do you have so many strains? Do you need them? Are they necessary? Um, do you need that many? Are you just keeping them for hoarder purposes? I think I said most of this already, but really think about why you're keeping each plant and then possibly minimize if you don't need all of those. If you've got two that are, uh, dep it depends on what your goal is. It's all about the goal. But if you're a commercial cropper, find the one or two that sell the best. That way you don't have to keep clones or moms. You could just keep production going. Uh, if you're a medical grower, find the one or two, the one for the day, the one for the night, and then one to switch it up because you always need that switch hitter. I feel like you get strain lock if you smoke the shit, uh, the same shit too long, but try to pick two or three, maybe four and minimize down and make sure that every strain in that garden has a solid reason for being there. If you fill the grow with a bunch of sixes, how are you going to get a bunch of nines in there? And if you got a bunch of nines and you got them surrounded by sixes, it just devalues the nines. Let's get the nines in there. Maybe some tens, maybe some elevens if you quit fucking with the sixes. All right. Another great way to save a few bucks or increase productivity in a small space is to add some shelves for vertical growing. If you've got clones on a shelf, what's to stop you from putting like a three or four tier shelf with a T5 light, with a tray of clones, with a T5 light, with a tray of clones, with a T5 light and a tray of clones, or just a one shelf area and you could put small plants on the bottom, big plants on the top, 
uh, hang your light from the underside. So you got a light for the small plants, then put your big light up on the ceiling and put your plants up on the top shelf. Use that vertical space to the best of your ability. We have a friend that's been on the podcast before that does a complete vertical grow. So there are a lot of options to go up if you run out of space on the floor. Use that vertical space. Uh, Then you can make space for all of your gear and all of your stuff. Get that up off the floor. Then you've got more floor space for working, more floor space for plants. Also, I see a lot of walkways in grows. In a small grow, in a personal grow, what do you need a walkway for? We talked about this on a previous episode. That is not a walking path. That's not your Zen garden. That is not where you go to put your hands behind your back and walk around like an old man and feed the ducks and think about life. That is a productivity space. Put plants in the fucking walkway. I understand a commercial grow, you've got to get through there. If it's your personal grow, move plants into that space. You can fit another row of plants, put them in there. You're ripping yourself off. We're not growing concrete. We're not growing drywall. We're not growing floor. We want to grow more plants, put more plants in that space. That is my theory. Back to filling up the cabinet or the box or the cooler. Fill it up. Quit wasting space with the walkway. You could just do some work. Move the plants and walk through. Do the Jenga move. Do the Tetris move. Uh, Do whatever you have to do to get through there. But let's not waste so much space with walkways. Um, Where am I? I feel like I got a lot going on. Shelves for vertical space. Uh, How many moms do you have? Cut and go. Do you have a strategy? Do you have a strategy for every plant? When I cut a clone... I know, I think I've, I mentioned this briefly. I know when I cut a clone, I know where it's going to go into, I know which space it will go in the veg area. I know which space it's going to go into the flower area. I know basically what day it'll go into the flower area. Do you have a plan and a strategy for every single plant? I see some people that just cut a bunch of clones, they pot all of them, and then when it comes time to go into flower, they've got 20 or 30 clones and they pick the best 10 or 12. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, that many plants extra running for that long that you wasted water, soil, space, newts, time, and energy. Get rid of that shit. Every plant you cut should be top shelf. Give it the best love you can. Pay the best attention you can to it. And that way you don't have to cut a bunch of extras and waste all the time and space. Have a goal for every single plant that you cut. Everything costs something. Everything in the grow costs something. Uh, Let's start with just cutting clones. You had to use Uh, clone gel. You had to use clone plugs, a clone dome. You had to clean the equipment, which took you time and energy. Uh, Then you had to use water and nutrients. That's just for cutting clones. We're already at a substantial cost. You had to go to the store and drop some money already. Then you've got to pop those clones into something. You've got to buy either soil, cocoa, something to put them in. Then you got to have a container to put that shit in. Then probably some plant tags or something. Then we got to feed them. We got to give them water. That is material we've got to pay for and more time that we are investing. Everything costs something. Uh, Big pots cost something. Soil and cocoa again cost something. The pH up and down costs something. The pH pen costs a lot. Those things are expensive and they die. You break them quite often. Everything costs, costs a lot. If you've got a pH pen, make sure you keep the cap on it. Make sure you keep it clean and calibrated. That'll save you some money because then you don't have to buy a new one. Take good care of your equipment. Uh, The lights all cost money. The water costs a lot of money. But something you might not be thinking about, something you may not have considered, what is your time worth? What is your energy in that grow worth? If you're a single person like myself, I'm just a single dude. I do have a daughter. She's 18. She wants to hang out sometimes nowadays. But uh, I'm a single dude, so I can dedicate a lot of time to my garden. But if you've got a family, if you've got a lot of shit going on, People want your attention. Your girlfriend's trying to go to the movie. Your kids need attention. Your dog wants to play. The other part of life, your friends on the Xbox Live or PlayStation Live want to hang out and blow up zombies and shit. You got other shit to do. So your time is very valuable. What is it worth to you? How much time are you spending in there? When it comes to recouping the cost of your grow, however you're doing that, 
Are you considering your time? Are you getting paid for the hours that you're spending in there? And then think about maybe you'll do shit more quickly if you're thinking like, oh, I'm in here this much a day because time is money no matter what you're doing, no matter where you are. Unfortunately, now time is money. You could be at work. You could be doing something else, making some money, doing another task, fulfilling a side job. So let's get the stuff done and think about how many hours we're spending in that grow. All right, now let's talk about a couple of other things that I think can definitely help us out if we use strategy when purchasing. What is your pesticide regimen? What is your integrated pest management plan, strategy, goal, schedule? Are you going to buy pesticides? Are you going to buy predator bugs? Let's think about this before we get too far into any grow because this is going to be a cost. Quality pesticides are not cheap, but if you don't use something, bugs will get to your garden and that is even more expensive. Preventative measures are more affordable and more effective than uh, trying to fix a problem because then you're going to have to go nuclear. You're going to have to find specific shit based on what stage you're in. I think if you plan ahead, start having a pesticide regimen early, it is more cost effective. Are you going to use spray pesticides? Are you going to use bugs? What is your strategy? Let's think about it now because if we plan for this ahead, fit it in the budget when we build the grow, that'll help us out. Then let's not use too much pesticide. I see a lot of people and they mix it up. They go mix up a five or I work in a commercial grow. So it's a five gallon thing of fucking or a one gallon thing of pesticides most of the time. And then I see them dump some of that. Let's remember and learn how much we're going to use per spray. Let's try to anticipate it. Um, you don't always have to mix up the whole entire fucking sprayer worth. You can just mix up enough to cover the plants. So this time, maybe just do a, a water spray put fucking half a gallon of water in your sprayer and see if that covers the room. And if it does, you only need a half a gallon of pesticide. If it doesn't, maybe you need a full gallon. Give it a dry or just a wet run. I was going to say a dry run, but you know, give it a wet run and see how much you need to wet the room. Then go back the next time and hit it with the pesticide. Let's not waste the pesticide. Then think about how much time you were spending applying those pesticides. I always talk about it. The cost versus releasing the predators versus applying the pesticide, which is more cost effective because you do need the personal protective equipment. You got to suit up. There's a reentry interval with the pesticides. Sometimes the predators are more cost effective, but you do need to have a crew to go put them out on the plants. So think of which one is going to be more cost effective for you. Then when it comes to applying the pesticides, when it comes to just about anything in the grow, get the appropriate equipment. If you get some cheap sprayers, some cheap shit, it's going to break after the second or third, maybe sometimes the first use. They always say the most expensive hammer is the cheap hammer because you're going to break it and you got to buy a hammer every fucking week, every month. Get a good hammer. You only got to buy it once. Then they say uh, pay once, cry once, some shit like that. I don't remember all the funny shit that old people say, but uh, buy quality shit. You're going to have a better experience with good equipment. If your grow room equipment is frustrating to use, you can't have a rely an enjoyable, uh, relaxing time in that grow. Part of the point of going in there is enjoying yourself and having a good time and relaxing. I always say it's a work area, but it should feel good to be in there. And if it's frustrating, if your gear doesn't work, if your measuring equipment, your pH equipment doesn't work, it's going to frustrate you. Get good shit so you can enjoy yourself. And then cheap shit breaks. It is going to break. You're going to have to buy it again. Replacing a dehumidifier or repairing a broken air conditioner in the middle of a grow is a struggle. The grow is running. The plants are relying on that. We can't turn off the lights. And you've already purchased the air conditioner one time, spent the time to install it. Why didn't you get a good one that we didn't have to replace that bitch in the middle of the grow and move the plants around and struggle and get in there with the ladder while the lights are running? It was so much easier if we spent the money early on and didn't fuck around. I think one of my last pieces of advice on saving you money in the grow room 
is to invest in industrial equipment, not cheap Walmart shit, not cheap Target shit. Skip the stores, the box stores, and get industrial equipment. We are building a grow space, an agricultural workspace, whether it's your home grow, especially your commercial grow. Don't go get the cheap shit. Get industrial stuff designed for greenhouses, for commercial horticultural production, or it will break. If you try to stick just a basic piece of gear that was made for your bedroom or for your office, a dehumidifier for the office, if you try to put that in the grow, it's not going to keep up. It's going to get funky and gunky on the inside. It's going to get dirty. It's not going to keep up and it's going to die. Buy something quality. Get the good shit. We're building We're building a workspace. We're not building an office. We're not building just a little, it's not a cutesy little grow. I think of it more as it's a functioning industrial space. So get industrial shit that's going to work and going to last the good shit works so much better. And then people, you're not going to have as many problems. People always complain when they buy the cheap shit. They're like, well, I spent the money and my problem still exists. It's because you didn't spend enough. And I know I'm trying to tell you how to save money, but you'll save money by spending money up front. And that may sound crazy, but you'll see how it works. If you're the one of those people that keeps buying the cheap shit, buy the good one. How many times are you going to deal with fixing shit? Just buy the expensive one the first time uh, if you can afford it. Buy the best you can buy the first time. Uh, when it comes to buying air conditioners uh, for a commercial grow, I always say uh, don't get one giant unit, get several smaller units. That way when that big one, uh, when one of them breaks, you've got a couple of backups, you can limp along and keep it growing. Uh, I've been in commercial grows where the giant air conditioner broke and then it's been 110 in the whole grow. Got to turn off half the lights and try to make that happen. If we had just three small ACs, something would have kept us a little bit cool. All right. I am rambling now. Um, I want to thank my buddy Double Door. Big shout out to Matt. Matt kind of inspired this episode. He's like, hey, bro, you should do an episode on how to save a few bucks in the grow. I think I gave you a lot of ideas, some of them for smaller grows, some of them, of course, for bigger grows. Uh, if you have any feedback, questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, you know that I would love to hear from you. The email address is growfromyourheartathotmail.com. Don't be shy. Send me that input. Um, I like the constructive criticism, but don't be a dick. All right. I think that is all I've got for you for this episode. If you feel like this episode was educational, informative, or entertaining, maybe you just like to send me a tip because I helped you out in the grow. All you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need is right there on the screen. Of course, there's that link in the show notes and in the video description. Don't forget about the discord server. Of course, all the links for everything iRegenetics are on the website at iRegenetics.com. Check out the website, join the newsletter, join the Discord server, check out the website, have a good time, you're missing out. All right, that is all I've got for you for this episode. You know I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. I want to send a giant shout out to my buddy Choke Norris, and until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. (laughs) 